Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts in the 8th chapter. And as we prepare our hearts and minds for scripture read and proclaimed, let us first turn to God in prayer. Lord, we continue to look for you in our world and in our midst. And may we see you in the water, in the sun, in the creation that blossoms before us and in each other. Holy Spirit, be in this place, for if you are not, then nothing else matters. And if you are, then nothing else matters. And let the church together say, amen. Friends, hear these words from the book of Acts. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So Philip got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Reverend William Sloan Coffin had a friend who was a Roman Catholic priest, and that priest once said, the Bible is true, and some things happened. I love that. And some things happened. I suppose there's a couple of ways that you can hear that to say some things happened in the same vein as I took my kids to Target and some things happened. <laughs> or you could summarize it. Lots goes on in the Bible. Some things happen, you know. But it's more likely that the Bible's witness 
to God's good will for all of creation and our constant messing up, that part is true. And that some things, some of these stories we read in the Bible actually happened. And if that's how we hear that, I sure hope and trust that today's scripture is one of those things that happened. Last week, it was Jesus, Peter, and a stormy sea that were the stars of our water theme. Today, it's Philip, a eunuch, the spirit, and a pop-up baptism that shine in our water story. In a way, Luke has told this story before. Today's story takes place in Acts. But think about the end of Luke's gospel, about a post-resurrection story with disciples on the road to Emmaus. That story shares some real similarities with the story that Luke tells about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. You see, both stories take place on a wilderness road. Both stories involve a stranger who can powerfully interpret the scriptures. And both stories end with a sacramental moment. In the Emmaus story, we see Luke reminding the church that Christ is met at the table where bread is broken in order to be shared, and when it's shared with them, Jesus is in their midst. Their eyes are opened, and they exclaim, weren't our hearts burning with us while he was walking with us along the road and opening scriptures to us? And here in Acts, Luke continues that same theme to the church because, again, our eyes are opened at the water where we are reminded that baptism into is, baptism is something that brings us into God's family. And it, too, is for everyone. But Acts offers another layer. Because in Acts, it isn't Jesus interpreting the scriptures and giving the sacrament. It's Philip. And Philip is just a follower. Philip is a disciple. Philip is a deacon in the church interpreting the gospel. And so this story is where the Spirit gives the church permission and power to stir the hearts of each other and others as we interpret the scriptures together. This fulfills what Jesus first told the disciples at the beginning of Acts. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here we are at the ends of the earth, so to speak, with an Ethiopian, which in scripture means anyone south of Egypt. We're a long way from Jerusalem, Toto. 
This is a story about someone who is wildly different, someone who is apart from the community, but someone who will find himself enfolded into the family of God. It's likely that this man from North Africa was what we'd call a God-fearer, meaning he was not a full convert to Judaism, but rather someone who followed the teachings and the law of Judaism, but stopped just short of circumcision. The man was obviously devout, he read the scriptures, and he was on his way back from worshiping in Jerusalem. But it's also likely that his devotion would have just stopped short of being allowed to enter the temple. He was not a full convert, and he was not allowed inside the temple because of his sexual status. Now, besides being a God-fearer, we can tell a few more things about him. He has a really important job. He is a court official over the entire treasury to the Ethiopian queen. He has a chariot, which attests to his wealth. And he is reading scripture aloud, which means he's educated. You know, if we look at the biblical witness... In so many of our Bible stories, God is claiming the insignificant, the lowly, the unlikely as God's own. Think about Jacob, who was a trickster, or Moses, who was a murderer. Think about Mary, a pregnant virgin, or that unnamed woman who anoints Jesus with perfume and tears. And it is said that wherever the gospel is proclaimed, her story will be told. Think about David, the youngest and therefore smallest and weakest of eight sons. And think about Paul, who hated Christians at first. God's track record isn't in choosing the wealthy and important and educated. In fact, the biblical witness most often tells us it's the opposite. So here we have a man with a royal job in a worldly court who could have gotten the distinct impression that he wasn't welcomed in God's family. He was too different. He was not lowly. He was not insignificant. Deuteronomy forbids anyone who is sexually mutated from entering God's temple. But in Isaiah 11, the prophet declares that eunuchs who keep my Sabbath will be welcomed in the house of God and receive a name better than sons and daughters. So perhaps this important and wealthy, educated man, one who is sexually different than the norm, is wondering, am I in or out? Am I welcomed or am I shunned? Is the door opened or is it closed with God? And then the Spirit sends Philip. Philip, the deacon in the church, this is Luke's story for and of the church. Here's Philip led by the Spirit to a man to come alongside him and help understand and interpret the scripture together. 
You know, when Jesus interprets the scripture on the road to Emmaus, the disciples' hearts, it said, burned within them. So that when they got to table and bread was broken, their eyes were opened. When the power of the Spirit is poured out into Philip and therefore poured out into the church to interpret scriptures, can anything stop hearts from also burning and eyes being opened? When together with the Holy Spirit, when we interpret scriptures, will people who are different, different sexually, different ethically, different in their education level, different racially, they may speak a different language, they may have different wealth, will they feel welcomed or will they feel shunned? Will the door be opened or will it be closed? Will they be in or will they be out? You know, Philip and the eunuch could not have been more different. And yet together, something happens. The Spirit does her best work. And as scripture is read and the gospel is proclaimed, hearts are stirred. And it says there is rejoicing. You know, the eunuch... I think he asks the best question in the New Testament, maybe even the best question in the Bible. Because after the eunuch and Philip look at the story of God and what God does in Jesus, oh, the eunuch's eyes are opened and he says, who can keep me from being baptized? Or another way to say it is, what now could possibly keep me out? Not one thing. Not one thing. You know, Philip does not even hesitate. The eunuch does not have to wonder anymore. God's welcome is wide. And here, right here, is water. Now, you may not have noticed this, because I did not notice this at first. But there is no verse 37 in this passage. The story goes straight from verse 36 to verse 38. It starts with, and as they were going along the road, there came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? Right to 38. He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. If you are looking for verse 37, it is is not there. But a footnote will tell you that in some early manuscripts, when the eunuch asks, what can keep me from being baptized? There was a verse 37 that appeared. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Then it went straight to verse 38. He commanded the chariot to stop in both of them. Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, verse 37 sounds a little bit churchy to me. Does it to you? Making sure there's a confession, making sure there's an affirmation of belief before he can be baptized, and yet, friends, and yet, it isn't 
there. It gets left out. For whatever reason, a confession or an affirmation isn't what Luke thinks the church needs to hear from this story. Because what the church needs to hear is the eunuch's question. What the church needs to hear is, is the one who is different, is the one who is excluded, is the one who is sure that they don't belong. The church needs to hear, what is to keep me from being baptized? What is to keep me from being enfolded into the family of God? Am I welcome or not? Is the door open or is the door closed? Am I in or out? You know, the Bible is true, and some things happened. And in the power of the Spirit, I believe this is one of them. In the name of the one who welcomes us. Amen.